All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? Y'all good? Wake up. Come on. All right. Let's do this. Hey, my name's Clayton, and I'm the pastor here, and I'm excited that you guys are here with us. If you're a guest, thank you for being here with us today. We'd love to be able to connect with you in the, the seat back in front of you. There's these cards, a bunch of different QR codes. Uh, there's different ways that you can connect with us. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better. If you're online with us, you know, the same thing. Uh, there's links for you to be able to connect with us. We're glad you guys are here with us as well. And we're in the middle of our second um, week of our series that we're calling Risky business. And if you'd like to follow along with today's message, you can scan these QR codes as well uh, to be able to have the notes for, for today. And though last week, I don't know if you guys saw this, if, you, if, you, if you're new and you, you weren't here last week, but I brought out this goofy giant hat, okay? And uh, we talked about how we sometimes in our spiritual walk, we are all hat and no cattle, okay? Meaning it's a kind of a country term, meaning that you're all talk and no business, you know what I'm saying? And I hope that this week you've been, you've been asking yourself um, this question, what fake hats do I need to, to take off in my life where I am not living um, the true Christian life, the way that God has, has called me uh, to live? And so today we're going to jump into another sermon dealing with the risky business in our faith. And let me ask you guys to do this. Everybody take out your cell phone real quick, okay? Take out your cell phone, all right? Hold it up loud and proud right here. Okay, so how many of you guys do not have a case or a screen cover? Anybody? Anybody just got the naked phone going on? Anybody? No? Okay, you got a few. Got a few. Most of us, we have, we have cases, right, for our, our cell phones. We have screen protectors for our cell phones because we value those things. In fact, it is a big business, the the screen protector and the, the phone case um, market. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, this graph right here. Do you know in 2020, the, the business or the, the, the market for protective phone cases was $21 billion, okay? So it's a huge business, and it's growing about 6% to within eight years, it's going to be about $35 billion. It's, a, it's big business. You ever probably thought about that? So if you wanted to invest in, you know, some, some cases, you know, start your own company or something like that, man, you might just make it. There's, there's a lot out there for the, in the protection game because we like to protect stuff, don't we? We love to protect the things that we hold dear. We protect them. We shelter things, the things that we value. And I think it's because we see great risk in damaging or, or losing certain things. And so we buy insurance policies for things, don't we? We have cases for stuff. We buy safes and put our valuables in those safes. And we park the things that we value a whole lot in our, our nice, clean garages because we want to protect those things. And if you think about it, it's all about playing it safe, right? And in life, we do that all the time. We're always trying to, to play it safe where we are we're being cautious, you know? We're, we're taking care and making sure that things are, are um, there's no risk involved. We avoid danger. And so you're playing it safe, you know, when you, when ladies, you, you're in a crowd and you get your purse on you, and what do you kind of do? You kind of, you make sure you can feel it, right? And you're protecting it, everything's zipped up. You're, you're hoping that you don't get, get mugged. And so you play it safe. Or if you've got a new car and you go to Walmart, you do not park next to the, where they put all the carts, do you? 
That's just danger zone right there. And so you go and park way out, like in the boonies, if you have a nice car. Or you park, you know, anybody of those people, you park like sideways and take up multiple spots so no one can, uh, don't do that. Okay, so, so we do that because we're trying to protect that investment, aren't we? Or if you like to invest, you want to diversify your portfolio because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, right? You don't want to put all your money in Enron or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that you're diversified to reduce risk. And for all you parents out there, we love to protect probably what's most valuable to us, which is our kids. And so when we're sending them out to soccer practice, we're wrapping them in like bubble wrap, you know, and making sure they're, they're perfect and they're safe because we don't want them to get hurt. We want to avoid any kind of risk, if at all possible. And here's the deal. For all you religious people, you're just as bad. For all of us who would say that we're religious, we are just as bad. When it comes to truly living our lives for God, if you like, we like to play it safe. And so what we do is we have, we have like one foot in the door when it comes to truly giving everything to God. We love to, to straddle the fence in this life. And I think it's because deep down inside, we're scared to lose something. We're scared to go all in to, to live for God. And this idea of living for God, it's kind of a generic term. But you know what it means? It means to to risk it all for God. Okay, you say, God, my life is yours. And that's, that can be kind of scary. Honestly, even for me personally, that, I, see, I see risk in that. And most of us, we truly aren't down for that. We don't want to do that. There's something that honestly is holding us back. And I think it's because we see risk involved. And we say, you know, if I go all in for God, then I'm going to lose control of something that we're trying to, to hold on to. And so we protect it. And we wrap our lives in our own little life phone case to make sure that everything is going to be okay. But in doing so, here's something that happens. We lose the potential that God has for us. We lose that potential. You know what? God has something more for your life. Do y'all want to know what it is? You want to know what it is? All right, turn to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at a story that Jesus taught. Now, as you turn in there, let me, let me kind of give you some, some background on, on this. So Jesus, he's, he's towards the end of his ministry. And he's talking about the end times and what's going to happen at the, at the end, at the end of the days. And he says, hey, as followers of Christ, be ready, be watchful, be prepared. And Jesus tells a story about finances. But let me tell you something right off the bat. I think it's, it's good to understand as we read it that he's not talking about money at all. Honestly, what he's talking about is, and he's asking the question, what are you going to invest your life in? What are you going to invest your life in? So look at Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. We'll have everything up on the screen for you today. But here's what he says. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. Let me stop, let me stop here real quick. Okay, so I love Jesus and the fact that he understands us and he can tell a story to help illustrate. Because he could just have told us the facts, you know what I'm saying? But he loves to tell stories so that across generations, across um, all time, Everybody and every culture can understand this. And so Jesus, he tells this story. Get this. Here's what he says. The story of a man going on a long journey. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And he gave five bags of silver to one and two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last. And he divided it in proportion to their abilities. And he had them and he left on, on this journey. So here's what happens. So 
he goes, this man, this rich man, he goes on this journey, and before he leaves, he goes to um, his, his three probably best servants, and he gives them a different amount of money. Now, your version might say talents, okay? So what is a talent? He's not talking about your ability to juggle or something like that, okay? Talking about a huge sum of money or a bag of money, a bag of silver. In fact, it was about 60 pounds, and it was worth 20 years of wages, okay? So it's a lot of money. And so he gives one guy five, right? So I've got some bags right here. So he got these five bags of money. So he goes to this guy. He's like, man, I've got these five bags of money for you, and I'm just going to hand them to you right here. Boom, that's five. I went to A&M, but uh, five. Okay, it's five. All right, so five. And so he goes to those, gives, gives them those five bags of money. That's awesome. I'd love to be the guy that got the five bags, you know. And then he goes to another guy, and he gives them, he gives them two bags, right? So he goes and gives them two bags. I'm like, okay, well. I guess I'm too bad guy, but that's okay. I'll take that. And then he goes to, to one other guy, and he gives, him, he gives him one bag. So he gives him one bag. And these guys are kind of confused probably what's going on with this. And the, the master says, I'm out of here. And he leaves. So here's what happens. Look what happens in the next slide. Verse 16 says, The servant who received the five bags of silver, he began to invest the money and he earned five more. And the servant who, with two bags of silver, he also went to, the, to work and earned, he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver, he, he dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. So it says that this guy that had five bags, here's what he did. He goes and invests it, right? He goes and invests it and he gets five more. That's a pretty good return on your investment, right? So he goes and he just doubles up his money. So he's got 10 now. 10, is that 10? Kids, all right? Okay, perfect. Ten, ten. All right. So the other guy, he goes and he gets he gets uh, his two bags and he goes and invests it and he doubles his money as well. Man, these guys are great investors. They're killing it. And it says that this other guy that had this one bag, what does he do? He goes and he takes it and he buries it. So I got this sheet right here. So let me just throw that on there. So he takes this and he buries it. Now for a lot of us, we'd be like, you know what? Okay, safe, safe and secure, right? No one knows where it is. Got a little treasure map with an X on it. I'm going to keep that hidden. Like no one knows what's, where, where this is. This is safe and secure. Well, here's what happens. The master comes back, and here's what happens. The Bible says the master was full of praise. Here's what he said to these two guys. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have, you've been faithful in handling this small amount. So you know what? I'm going to give you more, many more responsibilities and then he goes on and says this, let's celebrate together. So it's like, let's throw a party in your honor for what you've done with my money. Now here's the deal. With these two guys, I think it's kind of interesting to look at these guys and realize that they were given different amounts, weren't they? You know? You know what? That's absolutely okay. You know what you don't hear or you don't see? You don't see them complaining about it. You know, you don't see this two guy, you know, the two bad guy over going here. Well, he got five. Why did he get five? You know, it doesn't say that at all. It says that they took that and they did something with that. They invested it. So I don't know what they did. Maybe they bought some Tesla stock or some Apple stock or they started a coffee company and, and grew it. I don't know. And it doesn't matter. The point is, is they didn't waste it, right? They didn't waste what, what was given to them. And it also says that the master, your version might say entrusted to them, this amount of money. So he didn't technically just give it to them like they owned it. He gave it to them to take care of it and to use it for his purpose, 
for the master's purpose. And what was the master's purpose? The master's purpose was to, to build wealth, right? He didn't just give it to him just to sit on. He wanted them to use it to make more money while he was gone. So he comes back and there's more money there. He wanted to, to build his portfolio, he wanted to build his, his wealth. And so he gives these, these guys these building blocks of wealth. He says, go and do something with it. And he wanted to see a return on his investment, you know? And here's the real meat of this. This is why Jesus is talking about this and teaching us this. If you write anything down, you can write this down. Jesus, he expects a return on his investment. And what I'm talking about is your life. He expects a return on his investment in you. You see, what Jesus is saying is that he's gone. I'm about to leave. And right now we, we read that and realize he's gone, but he is coming back. You know what? He wants, he wants a return on that investment. And here's the deal. His investment in you, in you, it is so substantial. It's costly. You know, 65% of, of the adults in our community, so probably kind of in this room, have either some kind of college, you know, classes done, or they actually have a degree. 65%, which is pretty awesome. I mean, that's better than, than most communities. But you think about, what does that take? What kind of investment does that take to, to finish college and to pay for that and, and to uh, put your life on hold and to maybe not have the job you want right then so that you can invest in your future? It's, it's substantial. And the reason you do that is because you believe that there's going to be a, re a return. There's going to be uh, a payback. You don't go to college just, just for nothing. Well, most of us don't, okay? So, you know, maybe that's your story. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you, you go to college because you want to, to have a return on that investment, you know what, Jesus, he has invested in you as well. He invested in your future. In John chapter 15, the Bible says, uh, Jesus, he says, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I chose you to bear fruit. Get that? He didn't say, I chose you so that you can just keep it all to yourself, right? I didn't, I didn't just choose you so that your life will be all perfect. He says, I, I chose you so that for the purpose to bear fruit. And Jesus' goal is not to build wealth, but it's to build the kingdom of God, isn't it? That is his goal. That is his goal in your life. The investment he makes in your life is so that you will bear fruit and the kingdom of God will grow. What is the kingdom of God? It's when more and more people say yes to Jesus and more and more people take a next step in their walk with God. And his investment in you is what's in your bag, right? So what's in your bag? So the question is, what's in your bag? Well, it's, it literally is the wealth that you have, okay? I'm not gonna go around that. I mean, it is your wealth. It's the things that you have, the possessions you have. God has given you those things. You are just stewarding those things. You're just taking care of those things for a time. It's not all about you. He says, I've given you these things for a purpose. So he's given us wealth and possessions. But you know what he also has given us? He's given us great gifts, physical gifts. He's given us spiritual gifts. And the question is, what are you doing with those spiritual gifts? You know what else he's given us? He's given us influence. Like, it's, it's amazing to look out in this room and think about all the people online and realize that you have influence that I don't have, you know? You have relationships that I'll never have. You know people that I will never know. And so whose responsibility is it to reach them? Well, not mine. It's not the person next to you. It's you. The influence that God has given you, the relationships he's given you, that's what's in your bag. 
And the question is, is Jesus getting a return on his investment? Well, for these two guys, I'd say, yeah. I mean, they, they nailed it, right? Things were going good for them. But the story doesn't end there because it talks about some more about this one guy that, that buried his treasure. Y'all look at the rest of the story. So the master comes back, and the guy unburies or digs up his, 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 his bag. And here's what happens. Here's what he says. He says to his master, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was scared. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back, right? I was afraid. I was scared. But you know what? I, I protected it. Everything's okay. And you can have it back. But here's what happens. Here's what the master says. The Bible says then he, he ordered, take the money from this servant and, and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. So another servant goes and grabs that money and he comes over here and he gives it back to the guy with the 10 bags. And this guy's got 11. He is just killing it, man. Good job. Okay, so he's got all, all, of, the, all of the money, all of the investment. Now I was thinking about, what was this guy that had one bag? What was he thinking? Well, I think it was this. He was trying to protect the money he had, right? He was trying to protect the things, the, the wealth that he had, the, the influence that he had. He was trying to protect what was given to him. He didn't know what to do with it. And what he did is he took the safest route possible. And the safest route was not to invest it because there's risk involved in, the, in that. Instead, it was to, to bury it. Many years ago, I was at, in a small town and they, they uh, had like a time capsule ceremony where they took out this time capsule that was like 50 years old and, and uh, it was this big ceremony thing. So I'm standing out there and watching and they, they dig up this time capsule. It was a big metal like tube looking thing and they, they get it out and the cameras are going off. Everybody's excited and they sit on this table and they begin to open it up and as they open it up, and it just didn't look good, you know, it was just nasty, gross and they begin to take things out of it. Well, in the desire to preserve something and bury it, like water got down in it, and it just—it just—it was disgusting. Like it was just moldy and it was mushy, and they had all these books and things that they were like newspapers, and it was just—it was just like piles of mush they were bringing out. And I was thinking about that. You know what? Sometimes in our lives, in our in our attempt to play it safe, we we waste it, like we bury it. We bury the things that God has has given us. We bury His bag. We bury our bags that God has given us. And here's the deal. Your bag is full. It's real full. You might thought, think, ah, God hasn't given me very much. He's given you a lot. You know what he's given you? He's given you grace, right? Your bag is just stuffed full of grace. And the question is, do you just hold that to yourself, right? You know what else is stuffed in, in your bag? It, the, the, the truth is stuffed in your bag. The Bible that you have in your hand right now, that is the truth. The revelation of God in your life, he's given that to you, not so that you can just hang on to it and just study it all by yourself and just hold it in. in. He get, he's given it to you so that you can give it to other people. And he's given you those things. He's given you relationships. And those relationships have a purpose, and the purpose is not just for you. The purpose is for the kingdom of God. You know what else he's given us? He's given us some things that might be a little more difficult, like these challenging moments in our lives. You look back at your past and you think about the challenging moments that really have affected you, whether they were times of struggle that you overcame. You're like, man, I did that, right? And God, God was there for me. Or times where you were hurt big time. 
But those are still things in your bag, and they have a purpose. And somebody asked this question, have you buried it? Have you buried your bag, what God has given you? Yesterday, I was actually in Texas at a funeral, and our, my family went back to, uh, to West Texas, and we were celebrating the life of probably one of the most influential men I've ever known. He was 97 years old. And we got to go back to his funeral, and his name was Leland. And this guy was amazing. He was born in the Great Depression. He uh, fought in World War II um, in, in the Navy. And he started a business in 1955, and he stayed in the same town the rest of his life. And this guy was incredible. He um, invested in thousands and thousands of high school students in their sports. He was at every practice for every sport, guys, okay? He was at every game. In fact, he just walked on the field. They didn't even, like, stop him, okay? He just had, like, a lifetime pass to do whatever he wanted, okay? I mean, who's going to stop a guy who's 97, right? You're not going to do that. So he just did whatever he wanted, and he invested in people's lives over and over and over and over again. And at this funeral, there were all of these ex-convicts in the, in the audience because he had actually spent decades in prisons investing in, in men that the world had, like, pushed aside and forgot about. Men that didn't have a dad in their life. Men that no one had ever told them that they had a future and that, that God loved them. And so man after man would come up to the, the microphone. And man, it was, it was a long funeral, guys. Okay, number one rule for funerals, don't do an open mic, okay? That goes real bad, real quick. And they did that. I saw that on the thing. I was like, oh, no, you know? And uh, it was just bad. Um, so it, it, was, it was two and a half hours long, okay? So, but these guys, it was amazing. These guys would come up. And with tears streaming down their face, they talked about Leland and the impact that he had on their lives. And I was thinking about that. Man, what a way to go, you know? Don't you want your life to be like that? And what this guy did is he took the bag, the things that God had given him, and he gave it away, right? It was all about other people. It was incredible. The problem is that for most of us, we're hoarders, aren't we? You know? Go to somebody else's houses. We know there's hoarders in this room, okay? Some, some of us, we hoard the things that we have. Um, when I was growing up, I had, a, had a, one of my best friends, and he had a, a, a brother who's two years older, and so they had, they had rooms right next to each other, and my friend's room was just trashed. I mean, the bed was broken. There was, there was uh, body-shaped holes in the wall from us, like, wrestling with throwing each other against the walls. It was awesome. We'd cover them up with posters. You know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's just how we did. And my buddy's uh, brother next, next door, the room next door, he had these pristine shelves with all these action figures, like the G.I. Joe kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? So like in the 80s and 90s, and it was, it, was, it was really cool. But we weren't allowed to go in there, you know? We weren't allowed to touch those things. And for all of his growing up, he had this perfectly set up life. And he had all these things, and he never played with them. He never used them. And all they did, honestly, was collect dust. And probably now, all of them are in landfill somewhere. And here's my prayer for you guys. My prayer for myself is that God's investment in our lives would not collect dust, right? Because for these two guys, it didn't. What their master gave them, they did not just put it on a shelf. They did not just bury it. They actually used it. These were two faithful servants. They didn't, they didn't hoard their investment. In fact, you know what they did? The Bible says they immediately went and they used it. 
and they actually produced an abundance. Look what happened to, to them. The story goes on. It says this. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they're going to have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So he says, hey, for you guys that have, have done well, the master says, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more responsibility. I'm going to give you opportunities to invest even more in building my kingdom, right? And so I think that's the same thing with God. When we are faithful to him and we use our lives for his glory, he says, you know what, I'm going to give you a little more. I see that you can take care of this. I see that, that a little bit of, of blessing in your life, you use it for, for my glory. And so I'm going to give you a little bit more and a little bit more. It's pretty amazing to see when that happens in people's lives. They just begin to give away their lives for the sake of the kingdom of God and for the sake of people's lives. And he gives it away. And they give it away. But the third servant, it goes bad for them. I just read it said that for those who, who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, here's what you're going to do. Now, throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it did not go good for this guy. And so what this guy did is he, he took this, this bag. He goes back to, to, the, sir, to the master and says, look, um, here's your bag. I didn't do jack with it, but, you know, here it is, right? Aren't you pleased? And the master says, mm-mm. Man, I'm not, I'm not pleased at all. In fact, get out of my sight. And this guy that only had the one bag, if you read into the story, he, he talks about how he doesn't understand the master. He thought the master was going to be as harsh and cruel, and that the master was going to punish him. And so in fear, he, he, hid, he hid what was given to him. He didn't know his master at all. He had no real relationship with him. He had this fear of failure that overwhelmed him, and so he hid the things that were given to him. He hid it all. You know, another thing I was thinking about this, he didn't really know it was given to him. He didn't know it was in his bag. I think for a lot of us, we don't realize all the things that, that God has, has given us. And so he just, this guy, he just, he just hid it all. He never invested in it. He never used it for his master's purposes because he didn't know his master. And here's my question to you. How's your relationship with God? Do you know him? I believe there's people in this room, there's people watching right now who do not know their master. They don't know Jesus, the one who died on the cross to save you from your sins, who rose from the grave to show his power and says, hey, if you'll just give your life to me, I will give it back to you in abundance. I will take care of you. I will save you. I'll give you everlasting life. The problem is we want to take control and we want to, want to keep the things that we have. We want to keep our life and we want to hide it. Do you really know him enough to trust him? I think there's a lot of Christians in this room that know Jesus, but you may not really be trusting him with your life. You'd be called the religious, you know, the ones who have one foot in, and one foot out, who are kind of straddling the fence. You do a lot of Christian things when it comes to your, your actual life and your, your willingness to serve him and to live for him and to be freely open and open-handed with things. You're like, mm, no, it's mine. It's mine. 
And I pray that this story is a great example for you, maybe a gut check to ask yourself, what are you doing with your bag? Are you scared to give God control of your life? You want to know the truth? Sometimes I am, you know? I'm kind of scared. Kind of scared to give up control of my finances. Because <laughs> I got these responsibilities as a dad, you know? I'm kind of scared about my kid's future. And so I want to manipulate and control it instead of saying, God, you got it. I'm trusting you, you know? I want my life to count like so bad it keeps me up at night. Yet sometimes I'm not trusting God. Here's the deal. When you give him your life, he always gets a return. Because you know what, God? He's he's like a perfect financial investor, okay? He never makes a mistake. When we get, here's the cool thing. When, when, When God gives us those things, it's amazing when as Christians we give it back to him. And we live open handed. And he gives us good things. Like, All those relationships we've been talking about, your uniqueness. Every single one of us in this room, every one of us watching online, you are uniquely made. The relationship you have are yours alone. And God has used those, the influences in your life, where you live, that is specific to you. God has a special purpose for that. Are you using that? You know what God gives us and allows bad things to happen as well? You know what I'm saying? There's sometimes, sometimes bad things happen. There's these defining moments in our lives. you got to think of it this way. Like every single one of us, we come here in cars. But I want you to think about your life as a car. And for a lot of us, probably every single one of us, we've been sideswiped a couple times, you know. We've been, got some fender benders. Some of us have been T-boned. Like we're just, there's a wreck. But God has a purpose for that as well. And you know what? That is inside your bag. But here's the cool thing that makes, shows how God is bigger than all of those things. Here's what it says in Romans chapter 8. The Bible says that we know that God, he caused everything, the good and the bad, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What is his purpose for you? To bear fruit. To even take those bad things that, you know what, they're in your bag. That's tough. Maybe you don't want them in there, but God has a purpose for those. And you know what, for a lot of you guys, you're shaking your heads because you know what I'm talking about. You've lived that. And all of a sudden, maybe it's 10 years later, maybe it's 20 years later, you get an opportunity to invest in someone's life and you never would have been able to do that if you just had a perfect life, you know? And all of a sudden, you're like, man, that, that, that really hurt what I went through. I'm so glad I did because I have this new perspective to be able to help other people and point them to Jesus. If we can see our lives like that, through that lens, everything changes. But the truth is, is that most of us, We're scared to live open-handed for God. We're scared to be out of control, and we're scared, you know what, that we're going to lose our freedom. So you know what we do? We take our bag, and we bury it. We hide it. And we selfishly hoard what God has given us in, in a way to protect what we think is ours. But the truth is, it is not ours. Your life is not yours. It's God's, given to you to steward well. Look at uh, D.A. Carson, he's a, he's a theologian. Here's what he says, a great quote. He said this, it's not enough for Jesus' followers to hang in there and wait for the end. It's not enough just to hoard your stuff and wait for Jesus to return. It says, they must see themselves as servants who improve with their master and trust to them. And failure to do so proves, get this, they cannot really be valued as disciples at all. 
Man, that's a defining characteristic of a disciple of Jesus, those who live open-handed. But here's the deal. I think we're scared to do that sometimes. We're scared to do that personally. And honestly, as a church, we are scared to do that as well. We'd rather hold on to our things and the way we do things to bury it, to try to protect it instead of risking it all for the glory of God. But the truth is, is this. This is the final truth for today is this. That playing it safe, it's risky, and it's sinful. When we hoard our things, the things that God has given us, I'm not just talking about our finances, I'm talking about our lives. When we hoard that and try to take control and, and keep it ourselves, it is sinful. It's not playing it safe, it is sinful. And Jesus, he told this story 2,000 years ago to ask you this question today. Are you burying your life? Are you burying your life to try to, to try to keep it? Or are you freely and generously giving it to him? Because I'm telling you what, guys, when you do that, everything will change. And not just about you, this is the cool thing. The world will change. Your world will change. Your relationships will change. And people's lives, the ones that God has put around you, will change. That's pretty awesome. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus' story today. And we know this is just a hypothetical story, but what a great example that he gave us. And here's my simple prayer today for, for two different kinds of people. For those who do not know their master, those who are far from God, those who don't even realize that that God is working in their lives. Maybe they, this is the hundredth time they've been to a church. They've never given their life to Jesus. Maybe it's the first time they've ever walked in to the doors of a church or they're listening and watching online right now. God, I pray they would see their need for a savior. They realize what their life is all about. They realize their need for a savior. They realize their sin. They would turn from their sin and trust in you today. And God, that you would give them so much abundance in this life that they may turn around and give it away freely, especially the grace and forgiveness that you give us. And God, I pray for all of us in this room who, who know you, who would say, I know the master. But maybe we're acting like that one guy that, that hid, hid his treasure. I pray for repentance. I pray that we would seek forgiveness and we would change our ways, that the things in our lives you give us, from our finances to our relationships, to our knowledge of the truth, that we would live freely and open-handed lives to share that with the world. Help us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.